You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It is so great to have you here with us today on Tuesday. What an exciting show we've got planned for you as we're getting ready for the college football season with our Duke Blue Devils, getting ready to get back on the gridiron next Friday. That's September 3rd versus Charlotte. On today's show, David Shoemate is the play-by-play voice of the Duke Blue Devils. He stops by to talk about the season ahead and uh, gives us a full preview of David Cutcliffe going into his 15th season as the Duke football head coach. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of this podcast. If you haven't done so already, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. As we tweeted out yesterday, we've got a very special guest joining us on the program this Friday. Uh, We're taking guesses on who you think that might be, so be sure to be on the lookout for that on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore Any questions you've got, I'm getting ready for the Mailbag Monday edition of the podcast next Monday. You can tweet those at me or the show, LO underscore Blue Devils on Twitter again, or an email, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast, as you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. The NFL season is about to begin, and no one covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, the Locked On NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning on August 30th. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at SweatBlock. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know when you were sweating through your shirts for no reason? It's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it. And that's why I use Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirant. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. 
Welcome back into the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and I had the absolute pleasure today of chatting with David Shoemate, the radio play-by-play voice of the Duke Blue Devils, handling the football and men's basketball responsibilities. David, as always, I'm, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you for being on the podcast for the first time. No, for sure. It's great to be on, and um, it's great to be back, tiptoeing our way towards some sense of normalcy. Uh, last year was such a a strange year, particularly here in Durham with, with no fans for football or basketball. And um, we're certainly not through with the pandemic, but uh, it, it's going to be nice to see the fans back. There's no question this year. David, as we get ready for this football season and the start of a new academic year across the country, what year at this point are we going into uh, for you as, as the voice of the Blue Devils? Uh, this will be my fifth season, so I'm about four decades still behind Bob. <laughs> will always be. Uh, the voice of the Blue Devils, but no, it, it's been a lot of fun to to be here, and um, it feels like it's flown by. But, but some great guys on the football front, obviously Daniel Jones, who's with the Giants now, and and being here to cover Zion and those teams, and Trey Jones, uh, it's been awesome. But yeah, I'm getting old, like we all are, right? You're number five. Yeah, has has have the first four years exceeded expectations? No question. I mean, there's, and you know this because you broadcast as well. There's the excitement side of it uh, of calling the games and there's the moments and there's the experiences you know whether that be um you know Wendell Moore with an all-time moment uh, a tip in to, to win the game at Carolina a couple years ago um or you know think about Madison Square Garden with that that team with Zion Williamson and that game against Texas Tech was just one of the all um games that I've ever witnessed in person or, or you know, on the football side you know Daniel Jones and company winning down at Miami for the first time since the 70s so that piece of it there's no question, but um, to me, the really cool side of it, and one of the big reasons we all get into this, is to tell stories and to get to know people. Um, and from my perspective, to to, been, to spend time around the programs, whether that be um, David Cutcliffe's groups or Coach K's group, and, and see them practice and, and get to know the guys and, and to be able to share some of the stories that maybe you know aren't as familiar, like when when Daniel, case in point, and we're going to talk a lot of football today, uh, when he had a collarbone injury against Northwestern a few years ago. Um, and the guys and the walk-ons here on campus, obviously our kids are very bright. You know, there's 3D printing things that, that he can go out and play with to protect his collarbone. To see that kind of story and those different guys, to me, that, that's what's really cool. The moments are the moments. Um, it's certainly fun, but beginning to know the guys behind the scenes is always the cool part. I don't know that I, I knew that story, Dave. So, like, Duke University students were 3D printing something for the, the collarbone injury that he was going through. Yeah, so they were walk-ons on the football program. So essentially, um, you know, the pads that you use to protect the collarbone can be inexact, right? They're not right. exactly fit to the person. Um, so they 3D printed a, a piece of plastic that could really protect his collarbone that allowed him to come back way quicker than you would. He essentially only missed um, two weeks of action, which is kind of crazy, as you know, for collarbone break or fracture, I should say. Um, but it was a custom fit kind of, you know, piece of plastic pad to, to break to brace his collarbone so when he came back in the game against Virginia Tech he'd have that extra layer of protection you know stuff that would um never come to my mind (laughs) but these guys are so smart and you know that's the kind of the cool stuff that that you get to see and um yeah it was that was crazy to see him come back so quickly uh from literally breaking his collarbone that's outstanding oh my goodness David Shoemate the play-by-play voice for Duke football men's basketball is joining us today on Locked On Blue Devils you mentioned Uh, Some of the best parts being around the coaches themselves. And as we talk about football, David Cutcliffe, no stranger to Duke, as you've mentioned, and it's well documented. He's now the longest running 
head football coach in the ACC. What have you noticed out of Coach Cutcliffe as he gears up for this 2021 season? Does it feel the same as, as years past, or does there feel like a, a different sense of urgency? Or I don't know exactly what have you noticed out of his demeanor? Well, I think, you know, there were a confluence of events last year, right? Um, he decided before the pandemic, back in January of 2020, I guess it was, or maybe even December of 19, that he was going to get even more deeply involved in, in the offense. Obviously, he's always been involved in his days as an offense coordinator, Tennessee, the head coach at Ole Miss, um, and on down the line. But he was going to take over the play calling duty. Well, then a pandemic hit. And then the team is away for 150-plus days. And then you have a bunch of protocols to keep everyone safe that, that Duke was very good with. I mean, uh, we were able to play all 11 of our football games without interruption, but, you know, there's a lot of social isolation that was needed to, to make sure everyone stayed safe um, so they could complete their academic work, that they could play football, uh, and on down the line. And I say all that to say, I think he felt like with everything going on, it was hard to be the head coach and be the play caller, if that makes sense, with the amount of game preparation that needed to be done, uh, the amount of meetings that needed to be done. And he felt like sometimes the offensive side of it, the play calling, pulled him away from his head coaching duties. So that's been the biggest thing um, that I've noticed is now that Jeff Ferris, one of the co-offensive coordinators, has taken over the play calling um, with Raekwon Boyette, who's the other co-offensive coordinator, um, that he's been able to kind of take a step back and and get this team back focused on culture and kind of the roots of what makes a good program. Not that I haven't done that previously, but I have seen in, in practice and camp a renewed um, kind of purpose in, in getting back to what built this program and what turned this program around when he got back on campus of uh, the nitty gritty work that has to be done when you're a developmental program. Duke is, is not a program that's going to go get, you know, six, seven, five stars on the football front. It's going to be, you know, guys that come in with, you know, whatever the recruiting services say, three stars, four stars, what have you, but come with a chip on their shoulder and, and come ready to work and play. And I think that they're getting back to their roots um, in that respect. And I think he's enjoying being able to kind of spend time overseeing the totality of it versus being so ingrained like you have to on the offensive side when you're calling the plays. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The MLB trade deadline is approaching, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses and contest information. Head to the website, sign up today, and you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Again, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Talking about David Cutcliffe as he goes into yet another year as the head football coach of the Duke Blue Devils. He's getting up there in age, right, in, in the month of September, turning 67 years old. And retirement is something that a lot of people are, are trying to speculate about and that sort of thing. But just what I've noticed in, in press conference settings and listening to him talk and uh, that sort of thing at ACC kickoff, it doesn't really feel like that's on his radar right now. Is that fair to say, or do you truly believe that uh, this might be a, a little bit of a media speak trying to make it more of a thing? With uh, David Shoemaker, or excuse me, with uh, David Cutcliffe, you're not retiring with uh, Coach Cutcliffe's retirement. 
I was say, can we hear the retirement word? I feel like I've been talking about that for five years on the basketball side, and now that Coach K is going to do one more tour, we moved over and talking about Coach Cutcliffe. Uh, you know, as you said, anytime you get up in Asia, it becomes a question, but I honestly don't see it. I mean, I don't know if you saw um, on social media, the guys were having fun a couple of weeks ago where they do their Iron Devil Award for some of the lifting they do with strength coach Noel Durkee during the offseason. Guys had a bunch of their shirts off and taking pictures, and we're making fun of them that Coach Cut kind of looked as ripped as anybody yeah. uh, in the picture. So, like, he's in good health. I mean, it's well documented that the issues he had uh, quite a few years ago now with his heart before he got to Duke and, and having to have surgery there. And I think he took that as a wake-up call and is very focused on his health. And he's still so sharp, and it feels like he has so much to give in mentoring guys. I just don't see it in the immediate future. I don't know anything specific, but it just doesn't feel like something um, that's coming around. I think also that part of that is, and I'm horrifically biased, right? But it's my opinion that, you know, being at Duke um, isn't necessarily uh, being the head coach at, you know, Ole Miss or, or Tennessee, where at times the fan bases can be irrational in the Southeastern Conference, um, that he can have a, a little more of a work-life balance and has built that equity um, and the type of kids he gets to work with. I, I think it's a position that he's very comfortable in and you don't have as many, you know, superfluous stressors that you might have at another program. You mentioned sort of the uh, off-the-field things that we've seen out of Coach Cutcliffe, something else that uh, I've certainly discussed. Uh, I'm sure I've heard you make a comment or two about it, but there have been snakes also (laughs) that uh, he's been holding. Are you a snake guy? Like, I couldn't even imagine being in that position, David. No, and then he – it was funny because he – they were basically doing – photo day for the team and do a bunch of interview stuff and take a picture for new guys. He was coming down um, to do his part. And uh, the way our campus is laid out is Wallace Way Stadium is kind of adjacent to the practice field and um, the indoor practice facility. And he was on a golf cart riding down and saw the snake and like stopped to go pick it up. Oh my Which, gosh. First of all, if I see a snake, uh, yeah, as you said, I'm headed the other direction. <laughs> Just happy it's not near me, but you know, He's an Alabama boy, so he's, he's not worried about it. He's tough as nails, and he over picked it up. And, uh, yeah, some of the players were doing a TikTok video down the practice facility. I think they thought he was kidding initially, but you saw some good twitch and, and good speed as those guys were getting away from coach. But, no, he's very <laughs> proud of his snake, but, but that would not be me. No, no chance. <laughs> oh, man. So let, let's talk about this football team going into 2021. And so much is made about uh, last year's team with the turnover issues that they had on offense. New quarterback and Gunnar Holmberg getting ready to uh, get set and ready to roll. And then, Mateo Durant, who's never really been the feature back before, is now going to be that for the Blue Devils, which gives you a lot of confidence in, in what that offense can be. Let's talk about other position groups on the offensive side of the ball that haven't got as much love. What about the offensive line going into 2021, David, and then the wide receivers and tight end group as well? Sure. Uh, you know, let's, let's start with the offensive line. Uh, on the radio side of things, I do the broadcast with uh, Dave Harding, who's as good of an offensive lineman. Uh, as Duke has had under David Cutcliffe's tenure. And if not for some back injuries, probably had a chance to play in the NFL. And he and I have talked at length here in the preseason that uh, we mentioned earlier, this is my fifth year, that in my time, this is probably the best offensive line that I've seen since I've been in Durham. And and I think uh, Dave kind of agrees with that. Just looking at the experience they have, right? We've been talking about youngsters up front for a long time. Um, And now some of that is paying dividends. Guys like Jacob Monk and Casey Holman, who are kind of thrown into the fire at tackle when they first got on campus, are maybe their more natural positions playing guard this year. You got a guy like Maurice McIntyre who's going to be playing guard. Um, and then Graham Barton, we're talking about guys 
moving outside to inside, he's going inside to outside. Talk about baptism by fire because of all the injuries that Duke had at the center position a year ago. Uh, he was kind of forced in to start after, you know, Wollaball went out in the preseason, then Will Taylor had an injury during the season. So he goes out, kind of learns the center position, but was always supposed to be a tackle. Um, and now he goes out and plays left tackle. John Jalot has looked really good playing tackle um, for the Blue Devils here in the preseason. And the other thing that I like, um, not to belabor this point, is I'm throwing a lot of names at you because there's depth. We haven't even talked about some of the graduate transfers that were brought in. Carson Van Lynn from Pittsburgh, Cade Parmelli uh, from Abilene Christian. So uh, there's depth and there's experience depth, and, and that hasn't always been the case along the offensive line for Duke. I've seen it you know, over the course of the season invariably with college football injuries are part of the game happens um, yep. and and you have a, a good starting group up front but then one guy gets picked off and, and now you've got some weaknesses to work with it's a good group but it's also um as deep uh probably as i've seen as well and you know you're going to need that uh for pass protect and, and you talked about gunner holmberg briefly but to answer your question about the whiteout experience is a theme there as well i mean i think there's um some fair criticisms to, to be laid in terms of like Duke's abilities to create explosive plays in the passing game a year ago. Um, when you look at the leading receiver, Jay Bobo, a, 11 yards a catch, Jalen Calhoun, nine yards a catch. You'd love to see that up closer to 15, um, if not near 20, for those guys that have the ability to, in Bobo's case, make contested catches or Calhoun who can beat you over the top. And, you know, Eli Pankle is a guy that I think people are going to hear a lot from this year, a young man, in his junior season out of Indiana that's put on a bunch of muscle. Uh, we saw flashes from him in his freshman season where he had like six catches and three touchdowns or something like that. Uh, last year, kind of, you know, people are aware of you, right? So it's a little bit harder to get that same level of production, 24 catches and the lone touchdown. Um, but he's a guy that I think could, could make a difference for them as well. So the kind of a theme, you can probably hear me talking about it. Uh, a lot of guys that have been getting, because Duke has been forced to play some youngsters last two years, now we're going to step forward. I know all, all the questions are around Gunnar Holmberg um, and quarterback because that's what makes it run. And when David Cutcliffe's running an offense, everybody wants to talk about the quarterback. Um, but I think the line and the receiving core probably aren't getting as much attention as they deserve. David Shumate is joining us here on the program, and I, I, I'm looking forward to what we can get out of that offensive line. It's so fair to point out, as you said, the depth being important because injuries happen. And if you're in the trenches, who knows what could happen in, in terms of um, someone ending up somewhere that they shouldn't around knees and ankles and that sort of thing, and it can get yucky from time to time. And, and in that wide wide receiver position, I know after the first scrimmage that took place, Coach Cutcliffe mentioned in his presser that, uh, you know, hey, if, if there weren't drops out there on the football field, that Gunner's completion percentage would have been well over 70%, which is amazing to hear at this portion of the season. Scrimmages are just so difficult, David, to, to kind of evaluate, right? Because you hear a lot of good things about the offense, well, then you worry about the defense. You hear a lot of good things about the defense and what in the world is wrong with our offense. So I guess that's why I'm so excited just for another opponent to uh, be on the field on, on September 3rd so that we can actually have a true evaluation. Well, I think it's, to your point, I think it's a great point. I wouldn't say scrimmages are difficult to evaluate. I'd say they're impossible to evaluate. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like on the NFL side, preseason football, because what we're looking at is people who cover the team is totally different from what the coaches are looking at when they evaluate a scrimmage. Uh, case in point, you know, they're looking at how many reps of individuals have because they want to make sure no one gets hurt, right? That's the first priority. They're looking at, 
you know, it may look like, you know, the passing game is struggling or the run game is struggling. Well, that might be because they're trying out a couple plays that they're not sure they're going to use or not, if that makes sense. So when you're not out there trying to win the game, which certainly in a scrimmage, you're not trying to win the game. You're trying to look at, you know, is this third string left guard, maybe someone we can move up to second string. And and you're, you're trying to look at those things. They're not looking at ultimate successes. They're looking at, you know, how guys uh, perform and, and evaluating plays and getting comfortable to coaches themselves with having headsets on and talking amongst each other. Um, you want to see things down the field. So it's just hard to evaluate. Plus, when you're scrimmaging, which even more so than the NFL, no one knows your playbook better than your defense yeah. and vice versa in terms of how you scheme. So it can be a little bit deceiving in terms of what you see in terms of the ultimate outcome. So I like to watch him. I like to pick apart different things. But at the end of the day, it is very hard to tell, you know, schematically what a team's going to look like. You can see individual bursts. Um, things that pop out and, and that impress you, don't get me wrong. But it, to me, it's, it's, you know, you tell me what you think. To me, it's very hard to evaluate a scrimmage. Yeah, no, it's almost impossible, as, as you're saying, because the reps wasn't even something that was on my radar. But you're right, because you so many times do hear these coaches talk about, well, we only want them to get X amount of reps or needs a couple of more runs here and that sort of thing. And uh, at the end of the day, there, there's not a score that's being taken. And then live versus not live, not wanting to hurt our players. And uh, effort can be in question from time to time in scrimmages, so that's why I'm excited for the start of the year. But with that in mind, what's the outlook of the Stuke defense for the football team going into the season? They're young. There's no question about that, particularly um, up front. Uh, when you have, you know, three different guys get drafted, that's going to happen. Good problem uh, to have. Particularly, yeah, with, with Rump and Demukeji and um, Carter. I mean, so there's, there's definitely some things that will look a little different up front. I've been imp- impressed with Dwayne Carter, who got quite a bit of playing time uh, a year ago. He's going to be one of the starters at defensive tackle. Um, some other guys that are in the mix there. Ben Fry is going to be moving uh, to his more natural position. Last year, he was a defensive tackle inside. Dropped a little bit of weight, but doesn't have to change his weight a ton because he's always kind of been an undersized tackle and going out to play his more natural position um, at defensive end and, and opportunities popping up for guys like Michael Reese, Demai Craig, RJ Oban um, as pass rushers. And uh, for my money, Ben Albert is one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. Um, a lot of people didn't know who Victor Demukeji was when he arrived on campus. Um, and all of a sudden, here's a guy uh, getting his name called on draft day. So I, I don't worry about that group, but there will be some new faces. Um, the linebackers, Shaka Hayward is one of the best linebackers uh, in the ACC. Saeed Stevens, Dory Mausi, who's been dealing with a little bit of an injury in the offseason. Seems like he's getting healthier. Um, and then the secondary, I think, will be the strength of this group, led by Macarrary, who's one of the co-defensive coordinators, along with Albert. Um, you got Johnson and Blackwell at the corner spots, a bunch of different guys at safety. Um, but I, I think that's a group that, that can take the ball away a little bit. And, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, but I'm actually going to go there at some point. Uh, turnovers were a big part of the story a year ago uh, for Duke, turning it over quite a bit, uh, you know, 39 times. Um, but I think the defense creating those opportunities, I think, is going to be a big part of the storyline this year. And I do think it's going to start with that secondary. Well, with all the players going to the NFL, as you're starting to, uh, that you were pointing out, the secondary uh, benefits greatly from an intense pass rush to make their job a whole lot easier. Quarterbacks making uh, not the greatest decisions in the world when you've got all these people running in front of you and that sort of thing. In terms of uh, player specific leaders on the defense, because there were such veteran players. Who could those be on the defensive side of the football? 
Well, I think you got to look at Shaka Hayward and Josh Blackwell. Uh, Josh Blackwell, a, a corner who last year got injured two games into the season, um, meniscus injury, missed the rest of the year. Um, but he's a really talented guy, six foot one seventy five, plenty of speed to cover on the outside. Um, and you know, we've already talked at length about Hayward. He's been, you know, all the ACC and a lot of preseason publications. Those would be the two guys that I think would set the tone. And and one of the reasons I'm not as worried about the guys up front is kind of what you just said. Schematically, the w- the way that Duke plays, they're very aggressive defensively in terms of getting after the quarterback. Um, and because you have so much strength in the secondary, I don't think you have to worry as much about big-time breakdowns and, and giving up big plays. And I think that simplifies the game up front where the guys can kind of pin their ears back and attack. Um, that's why I think that this defensive line might surprise some people in terms of what they can do. And, you know, you, you look at guys in the secondary and the safety positions like uh, Lumiung IV, who's a very physical player, Jamark Woods, a, a graduate transfer from Michigan that came in a year ago, Jalen Alexander. Those are all guys that can help in the run game as well. Um, pretty physical guys, guys who like to play physical. So I think that's um, something that's going to be a big part of it this year. Getting close to kickoff for Duke football as they take on Charlotte uh, on the road this upcoming next Friday, I should say, uh, to kick off the 2021 football season. David Shoemate is the Duke play-by-play voice for football and men's basketball. Very kind with his time. And before I let you get out of here, we got to talk a little hoops. As uh, Mike Krzyzewski has announced, this is going to be it. John Shire named the replacement. Has that sunk in yet? Uh, well, it's, you know, it's something you always knew was coming, but it still kind of smacks you in the face yeah. when it happens. Um, uh, because coach in, in many respects, and I don't want to overstate it is kind of immortal, uh, with the, the impact he's had, not just here at Duke, but on the game of basketball internationally, um, professionally and what he brings to the table. And I, I think there'll be a, a lot of time to you know, give coach the reverence he deserves. And I think there'll be a lot of that, particularly when Duke travels this year. I mean, I think that game against Kentucky, his last game in the garden. I mean, just think of the scene and the history for him in that building. And I know personally and visiting with him, what that building means to him, um, the Mecca basketball. And there's going to be so many little moments like that. But I think um, anyone who knows him also knows he wants to win. And, And I mean, win against everybody. So there will be a level of looking back, but I think once he sinks his teeth into this season, you know, he wants a six and he, he, that's the expectation here at Duke is to win a national championship. And um, from the personnel side, I think they certainly have the pieces to do it. It's it's a much bigger team than a year ago. And I know we have plenty of time to to break the guys down, but um, it's going to be kind of this blend of like, you know, the, the grind of the season, the competitiveness of every game with, you know, someone observing it, trying to soak in every moment, whether that be at a game or his talks to the team after practice or, or watching him work. And to me, the, the thing that one of the things I should say that, that I appreciate the most about him or stands out the most on a basketball side of things, we talk about the way he teaches. And, and you know, sometimes I think when people think about teaching, they think about in terms of laying out schemes and, and game plans and stuff like that, I'm always blown away about how he can simplify the game for guys and, and give them two or three things and say, this is all you need to concentrate on and, and we'll be fine tonight. And, and that, to me, is, is always one of the treats of, of walking him, watching him work and, and the way he sees the game is just different. No doubt. I mean, talking about that first game of the season, the Madison Square Garden perspective, we talk about uh, Hollywood scripts, and uh, you just can't do anything like that for, for Coach K to, 
be there for 903 and, and, and Bob Knight to be there as well in that moment. 1K taking place in, inside that building and uh, just it's it's unbelievable what he's been able to do in some of the biggest venues in all of college basketball. And then not to mention like, hey, your home court is one of the greatest places to ever watch a basketball game and is truly the toughest place to play in America. No, there's no question. And, you know, Cameron was not Cameron last year um, without the fans. And right. I think, you know, everyone did everything they could, right, to keep everybody safe and, and to, you know, had beautiful screens over where the crazies would normally be. But um, it's just not the same. And I think we're all hoping, praying that, you know, by the time we get to basketball season with football season, because I know with the pandemic from what you read that indoor is obviously more challenging than outdoor, but um, that vaccination can get to, to a place where we can be in a good place to, to have that place packed. Um, Cause that's what coach deserves. And I hate to be so simplistic about it, but man, if, if karma and, and coach likes to talk about the basketball gods, if, if you know, if anybody is owed a, a full um, stadium for, for their, their last year, it's Coach K. And, and you know, you, you've probably already talked about this, but you look ahead to, to the last game that he'll coach in Cameron Indoor Stadium, um, just the way the schedule works out, um, Duke Coast Carolina for the second game this year. So, you know, senior day, tenting out, you know, we need to bring a lot of these tra- uh, traditions back and That'll be just a, a wild scene inside Cameron once we get there. I can't imagine what that scene's going to be like. I mean, I'm just counting down the days in, in, until we get to experience that. Last thing for you uh, before we let you get out of here, you mentioned Coach wanting to win, and, and that's what Duke basketball fans want to hear. It's, it's just winning at the end of the day. Sights have been set on six since 2015, and now is as good of a time as ever to actually make that happen. Something we've heard, you, you mentioned the basketball gods that Coach K talks about all the time, and I would think if the basketball gods are our real thing, that they would want to give this man his sixth national championship before he exits uh, the coaching career. Going into year 42, what we've heard so many times from him is this team's journey, this team's journey, this team's journey, and never wanting it to be a summation of what he's done as a basketball coach. But I would just think, from the player's perspective, knowing who you're playing for, it's almost like, yeah, forget that. We understand what you're saying, coach, but. Uh, you're a little bit bigger than this. We want you to get your sixth and go out on top. Is that fair to say? Oh, there's no question. And it's not just the current players. It's funny you should mention that. Um, the day John Shire was announced as the, as the coach in waiting, so to speak, I had a chance to visit with him. And he, one of the first things he said was, I'm very excited, obviously, about the future, but this year is about coach, and we want to win this for coach. He deserves this. <laughs> um, and obviously, everybody on his staff is a former player. I think there is a unique in terms of getting this done for him and him and, and sending him out, you know, the right way feels so cliche, but the, the way that he deserves and, and the way that he has earned with his legacy. And I think there is um, a singular focus on this group and you see it in their off season work. And um, obviously a lot of these guys are gifted um, in terms of their athleticism and, the, and their raw ability, but, some of the older guys, the work just feels a little bit different this summer and, and how they're approaching things. And I think some of that is obviously the Coach KP. Some of that is uh, the time they lost a year ago because of the pandemic working out in the summer, I think it's fair to say is a piece of it. Um, but you're exactly right. The, the guys are dialed in. They understand what this means. And, and I think that will be something that 
you know, I don't think it'll provide, you know, an extra sense of pressure because sometimes that's not always a great thing. Right. Um, but when you play at Duke and play for Coach K, that pressure is always going to be there, whether it's his last season or not. Um, so I think the, the guys know the opportunity they have in, in front of them and know how they want to attack it. And, you know, I start to sound like coach. I'm starting getting chills thinking <laughs> about it. I know we got a few months before we get going with countdown, but um, it's going to be special. David, do you have like a speaking of of countdown? Are are you constantly looking at uh, how many hours and minutes and days you've got until you go on the air with Duke football this year? Yeah, there's no question. I throw a few things out there every now and then. What are we like eleven days now yeah. away from kickoff? Um, and I think we're inside two months until countdown. So I got I got a bunch of things, numbers and everything rattling around in my brain. But um, you know, we open on the road against Charlotte against the Forty ers on a Friday night, and and then you come home for three straight at home. So you know, coaches are always locked into the game in front of them, right? Um, as broadcasters, we can peek ahead. <laughs> and I just can't wait to see the fans back in the stadium at Wallace Wade um, for that game against North Carolina A&T for the Friday night opener. Um, for all the Duke fans that have been through us with the pandemic, but also, you know, you got to remember, when you say no fans, that also means no parents. Right. Um, so there are a lot of parents who didn't get to see their kids play at home a year ago. And um, I don't know, it's just going to be special. I, I can't wait. Some of the best parts, for sure. All right, so before we let you go, you're talking about uh, Duke football coming back on the air. Uh, you do tremendous work with the Blue Devil Network and got a great crew going there as well. So what can we expect from the broadcast perspective going into the season? Pre-game show and that sort of thing, just lay out what folks are going to get into when they listen to you on the call this year. No, for sure. No, we got some exciting stuff planned. Um, one of the new wrinkles we're doing is this year for home games, we're going to expand our pre-game coverage to 90 minutes um, Do uh, 30, 45 minutes of that from Scandalaire's Pavilion, which overlooks Koskin and Field, um, which is where we play our soccer, okay. lacrosse games, little tailgate party atmosphere outside the stadium before we bring things into the booth up top. So that'll be fun. Um, we're going to spend some time each week uh, at home with Nina King, who's our new vice president and athletics director, taking over after Kevin White retired. So it'll be fun to get her perspective um, on a number of different things. There's so much swirling around college sports right now, as you know, with uh, NIL conference realignment, all that stuff. So it'd be great to get her perspective. Um, and then it'll be good to have John Roth back on the sidelines. He's been in the booth with us this year, but or last year, I should say, but now he's back out there. But we're really excited um, about the tailgate party that we're bringing to the table for home games this year, not only for football, um, but also for basketball. With There's going to be so much to talk about with Coach K, so having 90 minutes for every home game is going to be cool. You mentioned all the differences that everyone has been through from the competitive side of things, but also broadcasting as well. And uh, those games inside Cameron when no one was there, I can't imagine what that was like for you. And then I'm thinking from the football side of things as well, John Roth being normally on the sidelines, and you look over and he's there in the booth. So get out of here. Get back down on the sidelines. I'm sure that's going to be great. <laughs> no, there's no question. And one last thing. I mean, you mentioned Cameron. That was kind of the oddity of like um, – and it was hard to explain to people because most people consumed it via television uh -huh. last year or, or listened to the broadcast was – it was very difficult to get in to any facility. We were fortunate um, the way we covered the team um, that we were kind of in their protocols. We were able to travel and, and go to all the games, football, and basketball. But once you got in, it was this oddly casual, if that makes sense, very intense on the outside, trying to um, be safe and, and only let certain people in. Um, but once you're inside it, it had, and people talk about this a lot, all these things had this vibe of um, like, scrimmages. I mean, I hate to put it that way because the stakes were a little bit higher, but they just didn't have the oomph um, without the fans. And I think everyone learned that um, a year ago and so much attention 
these days feels like they're on, you know, the, the financial side of it, whether it be broadcast rights. And it feels like media is taking over. But I think last year taught everyone a lesson about, uh, you know, how the fans are as much a part of this as anything. You're far too kind with your time. I certainly do appreciate it. This has been David Shoemate, the radio voice for Duke football and men's basketball. You can follow him on Twitter at DukePBP. David, thank you so much for the time. We'll do this again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Terrific conversation right there with David Shoemate, the radio play-by-play voice of the Duke Blue Devils. His perspective on the football team going into 2021, what it was like to broadcast during the COVID-19 pandemic and empty venues, and just an all-around great dude to connect with. And Again, make sure you're listening to Duke football and men's basketball on the radio this year on the TuneIn app, goduke.com for more information. You can connect with me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. You can follow the show on Twitter as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. Make sure you subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each and every day. Make sure you check out the Locked On ACC podcast with Candace Cooper for a rundown of the ACC. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.